My Love of Life Energy is a podcast created by Anna Scott. Anna knows that every human being sees life uniquely. In this podcast, she will talk to people and learn from them. These conversations are to shine the brilliance of each human being she speaks to. Join her. After each exploration, you will expand on your insights and see truth and beauty. Good morning and good afternoon, and welcome to my podcast, My Love of Life Energy. And today I have the great honor of May Chan. And May is a business alignment coach that I met through business BNI, which I had one of the members on, the founder. Um, And why I wanted May on is because May changed the way that I look at the neighborhood that I live in and the stores that I walk into and how I shop and what I see. And it's, it's had a massive impact in my life through my two meetings with her. And so I thought, oh my God, she has such a powerful message that I wanted to share it with the world. So May, thank you for coming on. Thank you so much, Anna. You are such a great listener and receiver of new ideas. And I love how you're projecting this into the world. Thank you. Yeah. So, so how you changed me and we can go from there. And I'm curious how you decided to promote this is I see that a small town that I live in is made up of the quality of the stores and services that I live in. And it's, it's what makes it unique. It's what makes it beautiful. It's what draws people to want to come in. And like, how did you see that? And how did you get to wanting to support that and promote it? Hmm, That's a great question, how I got there, because it's so obvious to me now. I have to think back about when I didn't know it and when I didn't know it. I think the first time I really realized it is when I engaged in uh, deeply in knitting. Hmm. And that particular type of neighborhood store has a whole bunch of energy to it. It was like my new obsession and I had a lot of draw to it and I had a lot to learn. And the community that it gathered of people that were like a hundred times as devoted or more than I was to it was so um, magnetic and enhancing to me that I just knew that there were people gathering in a place around a thing that they loved. And they were excited about sharing. And I felt um, kinship and community in that place. And yet it was held by a place that sold stuff, which I had never really seen how the stuff is just the premise for the gathering Hmm. of like-minded humans wanting something in their world, in their hands as knitters. We were making things, but you know, it drew a certain kind of person that I wanted to be around. So I started knitting. This is all part of my, um, they're called nesting when you're um, uh, gestating a baby. Sometimes there's this other nesting thing that happens at the same time of, I think, creative work or um, something kind of domestic and inward facing because um, I was not a knitter before that, but suddenly it felt like this urge. And I, mm. of course, now know that it kind of mirrored my journey from of identity shift from um, architect, nonprofit organizer to mother. And I'll say it gendered. I was going to say parent, but but there's 
something particular about being the womb person um, and all that that symbolized. So that's a lot of things I know, but on many levels, it was deeply important to me to meet this new identity somewhat symbolized in this hobby habit. Oh my God. How beautiful. <laughs> what and but how did you go from that to like what you woke me up to is seeing the beauty of these small business owners yeah. and the heart and what they're bringing to life. Right. So from that, um, I became a, a salesperson at that knitting shop. Oh, did you really? Because, yeah, this is article Pract. Thank God for Christina Stork and um, allowing me into that community to that depth. And that was a uh, window into being the almost like part of the machine that that uh, created the community or um fostered, nurtured this community. And then I knew that that was available to me too for my own personal journey of how do I be a stay-at-home mother and have work that is continuing my um, identity as a creative person that was not just like staring 24 hours a day at this baby turning toddler and being like that being my whole world I was like I'm still a person outside of this and I had been an architect I got my license as I shortly before giving birth and I knew that wasn't the thing to go back to and so I was like how do I be kind of all the me's in one place and I saw the flexibility of retail being like oh this is my land like this, Christina made it a land that served her. And I could see that okay. community of mothers that I became, I just told you how big a deal it was to yeah. that transition. It was overwhelming. It was stressful. It was like I said, I felt like I had been in a blender. And then I came to an, a moment where I felt like I know what I need. I need to be a creative person and hold on to myself as this new person. And so founding a retail business facing customers who were similar to my swim was, I was like, that's, I know this world. I know what they need because it's what I need to. So then I started that business called Ruby's Garden in 2006 when my child was three. And I was just a little out of the like blender space. And so I, I came to mentor really a lot of these customers in ways that I didn't know I had capacity for, but it was, you know, I like to say the medicine that we need is the medicine we offer. And then it gets to feed us and feed others at the same time. So I created that community. And what I learned in that journey was what I coach now as a business coach is it turns out the more you make it what you want, the more people are like, oh, I get that. I want that too. And it draws them in. Say more about that. Because what you're saying, I could feel it. Um, the uh, Alan Rubin, is that his name? The guy who just wrote the book, um, who's the music producer. He has a video out that says, if you do the music for you, not for other people. 
Oh, yeah, sure. Sure, because other people are unpredictable. You're the only person that you really, really know what's true. <laughs> we make up all kinds of things about what other people mean by what they ask for or whatever version it comes in. So say but, more about what you mean when you said, make it what you want. Oh, well, I was... Um, coming out of a very like kind of a inward cave kind of space as a new mother um, and ready to re-engage the world through satisfying work. It happened I was also deeply unhappy in my marriage and I realized that I needed to be satisfied. I needed to fill my own well of happiness. So, and really that it wasn't fair to think that my, any person, partner, even very, very significant, um, close people were going to fill that. So I said, what is it that I want to build for myself? And um, this business uh, became that. So oh God, this I... community that I made, the, the draw, I was like, I love design uh, for a minute, brief minute in there, I was like, oh, I know I'll be a knitwear designer because I was so obsessed with knitting. And then I was like, actually business-wise, this is all kinds of ways that that doesn't feel right for me. And then I came to, um, actually I had a friend who signed a lease, my friend, Mary Prince, who signed a lease on a space on Shattuck uh, back then in Temescal, tiny 200 square foot. It was like just almost enough to make us think it was going to be no big deal. We could do it. <laughs> so that got me in the door. Wow. Making community around people I wanted to be around. Oh my gosh. It's so simple and so brilliant. It gets to be easy. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> Business. We're told all kinds of ways it has to be complicated or really hard lift or whatever. And, and that, that makes us more worthy. And turns out it's not. And so how are you, your consulting business? Because now you work with retail stores. Share with us what you're doing. Sure. Yeah, I uh, do business coaching and I call it alignment coaching because um, it really can be any small business. I tend to work with uh, owner operators, small team, um, generally like 10 and under, where they are still very hands-on. And any pain point uh, in the business, I say, is about some way that the business has gotten out of alignment with what you really came to do in your life purpose in a, a deeply um, sort of spiritual way. And even just to the the simple thing of like, I don't know why I'm offering these things that I don't even like doing. And I say, yeah, why are you doing that? Let's stop doing that. It can be very simple and let's reframe the business to be more what you want, both day-to-day -day delivery, also getting you the life that you wanted long-term in terms of the experience of um day-to-day -to -day today and also, um, you know, in my land, we're talking about 
the someday legacy end of life. Like, I am so proud that I made that. That's what we get to drive this today business toward. Oh, the thing that I love is that you realize you needed to fill your own cup. Yeah. And is that what you're helping your, your clients with is that to realize that they can fill their own cup? Yes. Yes. And, um, the thing under the thing for me about filling my own cup was giving myself permission to be fully me mm -hmm. because you can't really fill your own cup. If you're like, what, what do you mean? I don't get to have a cup. Mm -hmm. I only deserve half a cup. <laughs> my job is to share with everyone and cut off my desire to fill others. I mean, God bless you if you didn't get that message, but many, many of us, women of color, especially women of uh, children of immigrants, like there's all kinds of ways that our land has said, be nice, be good is sacrifice and hard work and not anything about your own wholeness, mm -hmm. not receiving the permission and responsibility of your greatness and letting everyone smell it, taste it, be transformed by it. Hmm. And There's I a... love your face. I knew you would get this. I knew I could say it all the way and not have to translate it and you would get it. Yeah, thank you. When you're saying it, it's that you get to be the gift that you are, exactly. is what I'm hearing. Exactly. Exactly. When you take off all the crust that's come mm -hmm. over us from swimming in this land, and, and again, bless you if you have not experienced this, if you still are like full of worthiness that you had when you were a tiny baby, but like many of us have been told to stay small, put that away, you're making, you're, you're triggering me by your fullness, like all kinds of ways that we've been told to put it away. And I have just a very simple belief in that greatness is in there, in everybody. So it's not hard for me to see the business that gets to come from that because I also believe that we all get to breathe financially as well as be this full self. And then I just go like, yeah, I believe you and I validate you and let's go. What I'm, what I'm hearing is, is that what you're doing is seeing or having people realize the greatness that's in them. Yeah. And what they love. Yes. And desire. And then build from that. Is that, is what that not the most attractive marketing message you ever hear <laughs> in anything, right? Like I'm looking for a fill in blank. Whatever you're looking for, don't you want to hear from someone that to fill that need who loves what they do, who is so excited to offer this thing that comes easy to them, that they are delighted to, to do, to perform, to whatever that need. And then it gets to be a win-win. You're not like zero summing, like, well, I'm glad you're willing to sacrifice yourself for that because that's what I need and I'll pay you enough for it. Like, yuck. We can build a whole new economy, trading joy, mm -hmm. trading dollars. If we all have plenty, we will all have plenty. 
I like your monopoly game. I like it, this vision of life. I mean, I don't know how to do it on a like, let's tear down capitalism in America or the world. But what I have seen is people on a local level looking each other in the eye and saying, I love what you do. And when I understand it completely, how it's your greatness meets my greatness, the price is not the thing. <laughs> not all of us are resource the same. And yet I think there's plenty. The thing that I love May about this is um, when people love what they do, it takes on a different, the whatever they're doing takes on a different quality. And I don't know if you see that. Yes, absolutely. It's, I mean, even buying it from someone who looks like, oh, this is really hard, but I can do it for, for you, right? Like, I don't even really like it, but I guess I'll do that for you. Like, yuck, no thanks. That's not a favor, <laughs> right? And I'm I, saying that because plenty of people walk around with this and then wonder why people are not um, throwing money at their business, not saying, I'm in, I want to invest in you. Like, give me a reason to mm -hmm. like hold on to your dream with you. Oh my God. Invest in your dream because you believe in it. Don't ask me but, to believe in it before you believe. <laughs> what I just saw is um, the image that just came to my mind when you were speaking is your belief in the balloon, like the, the belief in what you're doing. It's like the air in the hot, the air in the hot air balloon. Mm. And it lifts and rises and it gives people strings to hold on and ride with you. Oh, yeah. That's a that's a fine way to, to say it. I mean, I think the ride is a great metaphor for all of our lives, that it really was meant for our joy and our fulfillment and that all of us rise together. So that's the exchange of business. It's the exchange of community even. And, and let's get right back to the neighborhood shop. When we put ourselves, our bodies out in proximity with each other, even just those exchanges, it's not all business. We get to like exude joy because we love our work. The thing we just clocked out of and said, oh, it's time to go shopping or whatever, like go get our apples at the market. You get to be a happy human and bring that energy wherever you go. And even strangers, can feel it even without words. Yeah, that's the and best that's, part. that's what happens in the village, right? When there's a village to exchange that energy, it's not hard. <laughs> it's not like, oh, I gotta pick the right words. It just flows. I can feel right now, I, I haven't talked to somebody who's so, like I can feel your vision and the clarity of it. And it's um, contagious. Mm. It's the energy. It's contagious. And what I've seen with people, what stops them is the fear of and money. Mm -hmm. And I'm curious because what you've seen about that. Yeah, plenty of people. I mean, we are trained from, from birth 
to uh, something like the, um, sorry, I'm, I'm having trouble with the word. Wait for it. I know. The, it's like moral high ground of not wanting money, of poverty, of sacrifice. In oh, the spiritual, like, yeah, like, the, yeah, like, well, depending on what you do, it's like money is bad, like a spiritual, yeah, it's the spiritual evil. currency of being a person that eschews money. Mm -hmm. I don't do it for money. Can we not focus on money? I don't know how you're living on this earth, but your actual bodily needs are requiring dollars. And I'm, again, I said, I don't know how to change capitalism. I can say money doesn't have to be extractive. But if we get to breathe, if each one of us gets to breathe, and I mean every one of us, not just the privileged, it does not have to look the way it looks. And me having more dollars doesn't actually take away from someone else. There is plenty of dollars in the world. So we get to earn dollars from the people who have dollars to spend. And by doing that, we get to have a pipeline of receiving and a pipeline of giving. Mm. We're just a conduit. And I'm mm. saying, I, I'm advocating not being like a cul-de-sac of money. <laughs> I'm, I'm advocating mm not being a, a, just a accumulator. And I generally, the people, I have met very few people who if they were given the kind of dollars I think are available to them, they would not be the people who would just write checks to whatever they felt aligned to support. They would be generous. They would be the same generous people as wealthy people as they are self-sacrificial, bare to the bone living <laughs> like why oh. why why we some of us really have you could say a responsibility to earn what we have been given the privilege of capacity so we can be the givers you see me like making it rain this is my yeah. <laughs> my and and imagine it's not cash it's writing writing checks we also don't do that but writing checks to like basically personal philanthropy but I don't mean this in a like Gates Foundation way. I mean, the foundation of Anna Scott feels like somebody needs help and I don't even have to worry about a foundational nonprofit industrial complex. Like, well, you have to demonstrate your worthiness and you have to show that you're, none of it is going to your overhead, blah, 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 blah. You get to be like, that sounds great. How much do you need? And you get to just Venmo or whatever the current model of writing a check. May that's I, available. I feel like you are um, you're riding the wave of love, and you're letting it take you wherever love wants to go, and wherever you feel it, you get to go celebrate it. Is that your vision for May Chan? fulfilling May Chan's life. That's what I just saw you doing. Oh, I just saw you riding this yeah. wave of love, this, yeah. like when you said that I'm this U-shape, like these, I saw a U-shape of the love, you know, giving and receiving. 
Oh, yeah. And I just saw this conduit, like you are this riding this wave of love and you're just going where it wants to go. And when you feel love, you go, oh, I'm going to give there and then I'm going to receive something back and then I'm going to go over here. And then you're helping yeah. people ride their own waves of love. Well, I'm helping people understand that it gets to be so beautiful. <laughs> Money included gets to be this beautiful. This is all work I had to do in the very recent last few years. Once I completed my divorce, once I realized that I get to breathe, a lot of things changed. 2020, my identity as a daughter of Asian of Chinese American immigrants, like a lot of these things were like, wait, hold on, wait, what? Like, how do I think differently about my place in the world? What I, the space, taking up, I say sometimes a May-shaped space. <laughs> and like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Not not too much and not like, oh, let's pretend I'm not really here, which I was invited as a child to take up less space. Mm. And now I'm like, it's not wrong to take up an actual just May-shaped space, which includes financial peace. It includes day-to-day -day working person peace. <laughs> it includes um, having an idea. I mean, this is what I tune into, riding the wave of love. Having an, an idea sound good to me and then go, yeah, so that gets to happen. I don't know how yet, but that gets to happen. What what it sounds like is then you're teaching people how to ride their own waves and how to be authentic to what they love. Trusting the wave is their truth. And you know, that takes some training <laughs> to not misinterpret someone else's truth for your own truth. So we tease some of that out. And and people who work with me know that I'm gonna ask some sometimes prickly questions because <laughs> I'm like kind of knowing the cobwebs that get in the way typically <laughs> but there are plenty of people that are like no I don't have that or it's because oh no I already did that work it used to be and I'm like great let's go but I am good at kind of detecting them sometimes <laughs> and it's usually it's because someone said well, I'm not sure I want that because I'm sure it's going to be hard or something like that. Or I'm afraid to be judged or what if I fail? Like those kinds of things. That's that's like my little spidey sense of like, okay, let's oh, tell wow. me more about that. Tell me more about that. I love Who's the spidey talking? sense. The spidey sense, yeah. Say more about that because the spider to me and the whole web. Yeah. What's your talk about your spidey sense? I love that. Well, here's what I believe about every one of us is our story has given us, you know, some pains often. And mm. it's taught us what we needed to know. And often what I'm detecting in someone else is because I've swum through that to where I am today. And this is not to say like, it was bad and now it's good and now I'm all done. Turns out most of us are never, it's, it's never like all the way over or not talking at all. 
but may we be at least aware enough or um, come to a place of self-love enough to be like, oh, I know, mm. I recognize you. Mm. I'm going to call you when I see it. And sometimes I just say, shortening the gap between fall, you know, being in the hole and saying, oh, ha ha, I caught it. And then telling the new story, telling ourselves the truth. So oh, yeah, the spidey that. sense, I think we all have different ones. I know Anna Scott has really powerful ones that are not mates because your story, my story. But um, the people who we get to be around, I think are the people who are like, I have this feeling that your swim will help my swim. And I'm like, yes, come on, let's go. I, I just have this vision of people feeling empowered to take the risk, like it's not even a risk to do follow their dream yeah. and open up these. I just saw this when you were talking, I saw people opening up their dream stores and sharing and creating what they would love and sharing it with people. And sure. just the beautiful world it would be. Sure. And what I love about stores in particular, because really stores, I, I have a dream for stores. And I also know that the store form of business is having a really hard time right now. And that's a cultural moment of 2024, four years after pandemic, or not after, but, you know, since we were, the world turned upside down and we were all inward, inward, inward. We're having a moment of, it's time to come back and engage. <laughs> That's what I'll say. And a moment of people are wanting it and not sure how to do it. So the particular forms of store, I think has so much uh, potency to deliver love in a particular way through a okay. space. I'm saying brick and mortar retail, is a space to gather that is in the public way. It is the last, I mean, people have called it the third space where it's not public, it's not private, but it's a private public that like the leader, the owner gets to define the kingdom the way they want to and invite people, kind of anyone to come in with no premise of paying for it is the last place right that we have allowed browsing to be um, part of the culture so people just get to float in and this is what I had in Ruby's garden this is how I learned it was in Ruby's garden for 13 years I made the land my best vision for the world I wanted to see you could say it that way and I could tell you what I mean by that but it doesn't matter everybody has their vision and the main point is to have a point of view in your store. But what I did was set a table for exchange among the customers with each other, with me, with my staff, my team, and with the makers of the things. And the dreams that were embodied in these objects. <laughs> because if you've ever been a small business, Offering anything, first of all, but particularly think of the, the artist designers who are crafting these things. And may we rec reclaim the fact that our objects in our 
homes are made by a person. Yeah. And sometimes hundreds of people have touched this in big industrial land. And I'm also saying, wouldn't it feel better come to the land where it's one person's dream instead of like a whole machinery of extractive capitalism. But this choosing better objects yeah. that connects you with that maker's dream and livelihood and magical art vision that created this object in this particular form. And feel the love. And then your home gets to be, feel the love of that. Exactly. Then, I mean, then you get to take this piece of investment and connection home with yeah. you it's like just a reminder and what happens when we are around other people living their fullness we remind ourselves to live our fullness we teach our children to live their yeah. fullness. i feel the we don't even all. have to say it we do it in the way we set up our own i say kingdoms not to signal colonialism yeah. but we have ownership over our spaces we get to bring in good things that yeah. remind us of our best self i love that me well we are coming to the end of our show it has been an it's honor a good and ride anna. anna may where where do people find you people can find me at reallifeoakland.com and that's a fun, like almost brochure, like this is the high level, this is what I do. But they're really a live space where I show up, try to show up pretty much day to day is on Instagram at maychan510. Okay, great. That's well, we are the gonna party. Have that. We're going to have that all listed. And I just can't thank you enough. I'm so honored. Thank you so much for listening and letting me rant. <laughs> that rant it's great it's it's beautiful the energy is is breathtaking thank you so much mm -hmm.